Good morning, I'm Judy and, and I'll be reading the scripture this morning and it's coming from Matthew 25 verses 31 to 46. The sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to you I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thank you. Strong words, aren't they? I was just struck again by how weighty it is. And, and, and I want to start as we prepare ourselves to look at this passage by asking a question. The question is this. Here's the sign-up form for Pathway Care. The things that we are considering that we need to be doing for each other as a church. And, and the question I want to ask is, um, how important is this? <laughs> I mean, no one would disagree that this is a good thing to do as a church, but, but just how important is it? <laughs> just how much weight do we put on this uh, as a church, and, and, and I, 
in a certain way, think that just by reading this passage that we read, the question is kind of almost answering itself, isn't it? Nevertheless, let me explore it a little bit, not too much, because it's fairly straightforward. And then I want to ask some questions of the passage that might be tricky questions for us to work out in our minds as we respond to this. Okay? The passage takes us to um, the end of time, the end of humankind's existence. Now, if you're new to church, if you're new to God, new to faith, maybe you're not even sure about any of this stuff, you don't even know why you're here today, um, I'm going to try and help bring you in, but, but if you have more you want to suss out, please do chat to me afterwards. Uh, if this is really confronting or troubling. If you know the story of Christianity, this, you know this, but it's kind of a good reminder. It, it, it reminds us, this passage, that one day, you, I, together with every human being, will meet the judge of all the earth. He's presented to us in this passage as the King, the Christ, God's Son, the one about whom everything is. That's the claim. That's the claim of, of Christianity, the claim of the Bible. And then there's this sort of awkward, maybe confronting thing that goes on in these words of, of a sorting of sorts, where... This judge is separating people. Sheep, those who have made an appropriate response to this judge, to the king, and those who have not. Right? Now we're gonna I'll talk about what that appropriate response is more as I go through the message. But there's a response expected. There's a response to him expected. He's good. He's fair. He knows what you know. He knows what every person knows. And this will be a just and fair process, rest assured, despite our limitations of, of, of the knowledge around it. But, 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 but that's the expectation. That's the scene that we're taken to in this passage. Now, there's a really interesting thing about this sorting of sheep and goats. Who can tell me? What are those? <laughs> what are they? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're actually sheep. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, I forgot the brand, so sorry if there are any, any farmers out here. I, I couldn't tell you the breed, but um, yeah, according to Google... Those are sheep. Ancient Near Eastern sheep and goats were actually incredibly hard to tell apart. You couldn't actually distinguish between them. You, you, it, it took a trained eye to be able to do it. And so in our case, I mean, it's obvious. We, 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 we've got them looking fairly separate in our day and age. Not so much in Jesus' day. So this parable has a particular bit of punch. The group of people amassed before him on this great 
Day of Judgment and the sorting process. They actually all look kind of alike. And it comes down to the thing that separates one from the other comes down to <laughs> this sort of stuff. <laughs> I think the surprise in the story, did you notice the surprise? The surprise by the sheep. I don't think they were surprised that they were going to be with Jesus. I think they're surprised at the reason for it. They go, when when do we see you naked, hungry, in hospital, in prison? That's what bowls them over. And similarly, I think it is the goats who go, hang on, (laughs) when did we not do this? Surely we're good. Surely we're right. No, you're not. Because of this. Now, I, 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 it came up in my, my, my family the other day where there's this discussion, and, and if, you're, if you've journeyed with Christianity for long enough, you, you sort of know maybe this... Um, one of the kids asked, you know, Dad, what's it going to be like when we do meet Jesus? What's he going to say to us? Do you ever wonder about that? That great song, Casting Crowns, a while ago. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. The truth is, we don't really know all the details, but I can tell you that, at least for my sake, the thing I did not expect him to ask me is this When did you feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick? It's not on my top list of things that I've expected. And yet, here it is, he says. The key part of the passage. Matthew 25 is 40. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Simple as that. Now comes the questions. I mean, that's really the passage. I don't think I need to explain too much more. But now the questions, now the tricky questions that we need to navigate here. What about faith? I thought that what makes me right with God is the fact that I believe that I'm a sinful person. Regardless of how I look in this world, I actually am naked morally, a prisoner of my own imperfection and mess. I'm really impoverished when it comes to doing what is right. And I'm incapable of earning a stance with God where I can be called his child. In fact, the only way I can have that is, is because this Christ paid the price for my imperfection. He died on the cross, and, and I believe in that, and by virtue of my faith in that, he says, hey, I'm going to come and live in you. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to start 
changing you and transforming you. And, and, and that is how I become a child of God. That is the thing that matters on this last great day of judgment is this I believe. We sing it often here, that Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father. I believe in the Son. Right? That's the gospel. <laughs> is it not? And so what, what do we do here? Are you saying now that, well, no, really, it's kind of really more about what you do. It's not about what Jesus has done for you. It's about what you're doing. And you need to qualify. <laughs> Check the boxes in order to get in. It's up to you. It's not. It's a good question. It's an important question. Here's how it works. These things here are the fruits of faith. Clothing the naked, caring for the sick, feeding the hungry are the fruits of faith. Right? Faith comes first. Let me put it to you this way. If you are a part of the church this church, for argument's sake, and you say, I don't care <laughs> about the, the, the people who are vulnerable in my church. You know what you're proving? You're proving that you don't get Jesus. <laughs> you're proving that you don't get who this king is. You're proving that your faith in the first place is, is not what it should be. I mean, and faith is a growing thing. But, but if our faith is in the right place, if we understand exactly who this king and judge of all the earth is and what he is like, and this is where the staggering theme comes in of the passage, I think this should strike us. Isn't it significant that the thing that the judge of all the earth wants, what does he want? the vulnerable, to be looked after. Because that's who he is. And because that's what he does. And because that is how much he loves you. And if you're fitting any of the categories today, this is the God who calls you to believe in him because he is for you. The vulnerable, the weak, the sick, the addicted, the impoverished. That's who he is. <laughs> it's what he does. <laughs> and if you say, I don't care for them, you're saying, well, I don't get him. Faith. Right? Faith, in a very real way, is the encounter, the experience, the indwelling of the spirit of this great king and judge. And so it is all about faith that works itself out this way. Hence my encouragement is if this is something that does not move us, the way or the place where we may need to work is not on this, we need to work on our faith. We need to ask ourselves, where are we at with this king? Do we get him? Do we get him enough that it so moves us? And don't be afraid to be honest with yourself. 
ask ourselves the difficult questions, knowing that he stands at the ready at any given time, that if we are willing to say, I don't care about this stuff, God, I need to get you more. Help me. (laughs) He loves to answer that prayer. This is what he does. If you need to get to know me better, if you need to get to know me for the first time, ask me. Ask and I will show you. I'll come and live in you. I'll enlarge your heart. I'll make you get me so that you can get what I do and do likewise, right? That's the first question. That's the longest one. The rest are a bit shorter. They're big topics, but I can't explore them today. Next question. Um, Who's the least of these brothers of mine? (laughs) Who are they? Oceans of ink has been spilt over this. I'm going to give you the short answer. I think when Jesus talks about this, he's talking about those who are the vulnerable that are part of his family. For our purposes, those who are in our church who are weak and vulnerable and needy and lonely and poor and naked and all those sorts of things. That's who he's talking about. Does that mean... I don't have to care then, and Christians have done this over the centuries, about those outside the church who are lonely, poor, naked, all those things. No, it does not. We're going to explore that topic next week. Where does our work of love and mercy and deeds in the mission of the church, loving our community in these sorts of ways, fit into the Christian life? And we're going to be Blessed, really. Um, uh, uh, recently newer pathwayer, Andy Carden, is going to preach that sermon to us uh, and lead us next week. So, so I'm going to leave that to Andy to fix up the mess I made here today and he can resolve the tension and tell us how it works. For today, suffice it to say, it's both and. It's not like God expects us to care for those vulnerable in the church, not those outside. It doesn't work like that. But for today, in this passage, I think this is what he has in mind. Right? Okay. Next question. Uh, (laughs) What about those who always take advantage of this stuff? Let's be honest here. This causes a lot of grey situations. Should I continue to extend the uh, childcare to the person who is exhausted because of all the overtime work that they're doing? These poor parents, they are so busy, but they're working to fund their twice yearly holidays in the Wood Sundays. Should I care? <laughs> Should I care for the food that is expected to be delivered to the hungry when uh, there is massive financial mismanagement in the family I'm caring for? I'm, I'm essentially funding a gambling addiction. Let's be honest, these things are, this is part of the difficulty of this stuff, right? It's got to be navigated. <laughs> it's no reason to not act. But I'll simply say this, uh, without going into too much detail, I think God is going to ask us if we get involved in this, and that's where John and I will be tested, that's where all of us will be tested to be involved, is the question is always, God, how do I best love this person? 
And it will take great discernment, great wisdom, great thinking, case by case, person by person, issue by issue, to work that out. It is not all that easy. But again, God's promise is so sure. If any of you lack wisdom about anything, ask me. I'll help you. I might give you the courage to do what needs to be done. Perhaps the patience. Perhaps the humility. We don't know. But God will help. I'll simply say, yes, this can be great. Yes, we need help. And now the last question before I move to my conclusion. Uh, This is a good one too. Does all of this mean, I mean, if the judge at the end of the day, at the end of all is going to ask me, (laughs) what have I done of this? I don't really have to grow as a Christian, if you are one, in my ability to verbally share (laughs) what I believe and who Jesus is. Evangelism, sharing my faith, being a witness verbally for who God is. That should really then be no priority of mine because clearly most of these don't require that. (laughs) I love the oft-quoted quote of supposedly Francis of Assisi, always preach the gospel and if necessary use words. It's highly disputed whether he said that and if he did, it's highly disputed how intelligent he was. Because where does good deeds come from? What have we just established? What is this? The fruits of faith. (laughs) Faith in who Jesus is. How will I have faith? Faith comes from hearing. How will I hear? Unless someone tells me who the great king is, right? And so I'm not saying we all need to become preachers. I'm not saying that there's any standard mode of how we give verbal testimony to our faith in Christ. But I am saying it is the call of each child of God to grow in that. Figure out how these words need to accompany our deeds. Who God is calling you to be a witness to. This is not a case of great. I don't need to grow in that. Sorry, you do. (laughs) Now let me wrap up. Last question with which we'll finish. Um, You might say to me, you might say to John and to Di and to us and to our church leadership, um, you're constantly, this is not a question, this is more an objection. You're constantly asking me to do more. I'm busy, I'm full, and frankly I've had enough. I can't do more. Like, this is just this never-ending ballooning sense of do more, and this is another one of those. Who has that question? Hands up. I spent almost everybody's hands up. Who wrestles with you got too much to do? Yeah? That's, that's life. It's, it's, it's uh, actually not as many hands as I thought, so this should go well. Um, did you take note, John and I? Um, we do. This is the life we live in. And so I want to address that issue today at a practical level because I want to be helpful of how we do this well. The reality is that each and every single one of us will come to this from a different point of view. And I'll give you arrows. You need to work out which arrow you are. First arrow is an arrow that's just pointing up. That's quite simple. You're doing nothing. You should do something. Not hard. If you're doing nothing... Think about 
who the king is. Maybe it's the faith journey for you that you've got to press into a bit. That might be you today. Work with the faith side first and do something. Anything. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter how small. Do something, right? Arrow up. Others might be in the category of, you know that refresh sign on the, on the internet with the two arrows that do the circle thing? You're doing a lot, probably the right amount, but it's a little bit out of balance. You need to get a bit of balance perhaps in, in your life as a child of Jesus. I, I, I might put myself in that category. <laughs> I, I preach a lot. <laughs> I pray a lot. I do a lot of leadership stuff. I'm in a lot of meetings. And, and, and you know what? That's good. I'm not dissing any of those because those are all faith-building things, right? Without faith, there's no fruit. So that's cool. However, I need to be mindful. You might need to be mindful. Then at the end of the day, we won't be directly questioned about that. <laughs> We'd be directly questioned about <laughs> who have I fed? Who have I clothed? That's what it's going to be about. So, so maybe, maybe that's the thought process of, I need to pull out of some stuff maybe, to put into this stuff maybe. Maybe it's a correction, a balance. Yeah? Might be you. Third arrow, straight horizontal. You're doing enough. Keep doing what you're doing. I love how on this form, uh, Diane mentioned, and there's a, there's a, there's a checkbox you'll notice that you read it carefully. Under each section, I already regularly visit the following people. I already regularly chat to the following people. Uh, I already buddy these people. I already, I already. A lot of this stuff happens already. This isn't a launch in the case of nothing's happening. We need to get something happening. A lot of this is happening. Pop that down. Just keep doing what you're doing. No need for you to do anything more than what you already are doing. All right? That may be as simple as that for you. The reason why that's important... Actually, no, I'll get to the next arrow and then say that. Last arrow, down. Some of you are doing too much. Simple as that. Doing too much of this, doing too much of other stuff, just doing too much. That too is a category. And the reason why that is important is because you might be doing what you're doing out of a great sense of fear, you're afraid to meet Jesus. Or, or guilt. I feel guilty. You're not driven by faith in, in the greatness and goodness of the King. And these acts of love are not acts of joy that emanates from that wonderful place that you're in with Him. You need to drop some things. The sheer plain beauty of the love for the great King who is stunning, who is beautiful, who is good, and in whom you already are enough. Maybe that's you. This is not a pitch for everybody to do more. This is a pitch for everybody, let's look at the great king. And where are we at with him? What, what are his steps for us next? Where is he leading us? Where is he guiding us? And the end result of that can and will only be good, I believe, for you as an individual, for pathway as a church, and for the glory of God. Please pray with me. Jesus, thank you that you are such a king that, that 
that though you are a judge, and we need to get that this morning, and we need to be mindful that I will be judged, as will the world, as will the nations, as will the church. We thank you that you're a good king, a good judge. Perfect, incorrupt in every way. We thank you for your heart, for your love for those who are weak, vulnerable, by worldly standards, and certainly to all people by spiritual standards. I pray for each person here. I, I pray for the person who, who does not know you as king. Would you help him? Would you help her? Instill a wonderful faith in who you are. Not a theoretic one, but an experienced one. Indwell them with your spirit. Give them a real encounter with you, the living king of all the earth. Father, I pray for the other arrows we need to think through. Lead us in life. We confess that often we struggle. It's unclear to us what is best to do. Would you help us? Would you speak to us over the next few weeks as these forms are out in the foyer? And then, Father, I pray lastly for Pathway as a family in the way that John articulated it. Lord, may these things lead truly to this being a different family. It is not like anything else on the face of the earth. This is your family. <laughs> and it's such a privilege to belong to it. And therefore, may we be that family. May this look and feel and sound and smell just like that family, your family, like you. <laughs> Shape us. And do you do this, Father, increase yourself in our city, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.